Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along today on this Saturday morning, December 11th. Our hearts and prayers go out to anyone who uh, suffered or was hurt in those deadly storms last night that swept through the Midwest. Very unusual. And we hope that any of you who do turn, tune in from there that you're doing okay. I'd like to do something a little different this morning than normal. It's Saturday. Sometimes we break from our, our, our normal series that we're going through. It's Christmas season. And I'd like to read you a Christmas story. Actually, it's, not a, it's just a story set in the Christmas season. I think you'll enjoy it. It's a, season, it's a story that is very moving to me. I hope I can get, a th- get through it without crying because I've hardly ever been able to do that before. It's a book called Naomi's Gift, written by a friend of mine named Scott Freeman, who lives in Loveland, Colorado. Scott is an extremely talented artist who has taken his gifts and really wanted to dedicate them to the Lord, and God has used him. You might YouTube Scott Freeman Art. You'll see him do some incredibly beautiful, moving depictions of of, um, of, of art. So with no further ado, I'd like to read this book. It's a storybook. It's illustrated, and I'm going to step over to another camera, and you'll be able to watch it as uh, you'll be able to look at it as I as I read it. It won't take too long. I think you'll really be blessed by it. It's going to be ready. It, it'll touch you, and in, in like I said, it touches me in a very deep way. I think it will you as well. Here we go. This book is called Naomi's Gift by Scott Freeman. It was the day before Christmas, a day I would remember for the rest of my life. I was the only doctor in town, and I was on my way to deliver my second baby in a single day. The first delivery had been a very special one for me. I had many good days in my life, but this morning was one of my happiest, for I had the indescribable joy of delivering my firstborn, a son. He was perfect, curly-headed barrel-chested little rascal, hollering for all he was worth. It was beside, I was beside myself with joy. I, could take my, I couldn't take my eyes off my wife, Greta, and our new baby boy. I wanted to stay with them forever, but it was only three hours later when I received word that the Hosea's baby was on the way. I married late in life, and God had blessed me with a very patient and understanding wife. It seemed our life together was constantly interrupted, but Greta never said a word. She knew I hated leaving now more than ever, but duty was calling again. I kissed her and our new son at her breast. I breathed in their warm scent one last time, grabbed my black bag and my coat, and hurried outside into the cold gray afternoon. It was those... I knew the Hosea's place. I knew the Hosea's place as well. I knew the Hosea's place well, as Mrs. Hosea was frequently ill. It was more than a mile out of town. The Hosea's were a respectable couple, poor farmers, barely scraping by, but they were good, honest people. I wondered if God might give them a son too, to help with the farm and maybe take it over someday. I rode hard, hoping I wouldn't be too late. I needn't, I needn't have worried. It would be a long, hard labor. It would also turn out to be the most difficult delivery I would ever perform. Upon examining the mother, 
I found the baby in a breech position. This meant that the baby would enter the world feet or bottom first rather than head first in the usual way. This sobered me. The death rate for breech babies is completely high, comparatively high, because once the baby is born, the head remains inside of the mother to be delivered. At that point, the umbilical cord becomes compressed between the baby's head and the mother's pelvis, cutting off oxygen to the baby. If the head is not delivered soon thereafter, the baby will die within a few short minutes. When the time for delivery had finally come, I gently drew down one little foot. I took hold of the other one, but for some reason I could not understand, it would not come down beside the first one. With the next contraction, the baby's body emerged enough that I could see that it was a little girl. Only then did I see that the second foot would never be beside the first one. The entire lower leg was missing, with the second foot attached where the knee should have been. So a baby girl was to, so a baby girl was to suffer this strange defect, the likes of which I had never before seen, nor have I since. As I waited for the afternoon, as I, excuse me, I'm sorry, as I waited for the next contraction, a string of thoughts came to me, and with them a terrible dilemma. I thought of how the Hoseas might react to this circumstance. I knew the character of this family. I felt certain that they would further impoverish themselves, trying everything they could with every form, famous orthopedist who might offer them a ray of hope. Most of all, I thought of this little girl sitting sadly by herself while other girls laughed and danced and ran and played. And then I realized it was in my power to spare this family and this little girl a lifetime of suffering. It's not uncommon for breech babies to die in delivery if the delivery is too slow. If I were to delay this delivery, to wait just a minute too long, then this baby would never take her first breath. This family would be spared a world of grief. It would not be an easy delivery anyway. Hosea's, after the initial shock of loss, would probably not regret losing a child so sadly handicapped. In a year or so, they would try again, and this tragic occurrence would never be repeated. So I held this baby's very life in my hands and the clock was ticking. No one suspected what I was thinking. As a doctor of medicine, I had never before, it had never be, I had never before entertained such a thought as this. But as I glanced down at the pitiful foot in my hand, a pang of sorrow for the baby's future swept through me. I made up my mind that the merciful course would be for me to perform an unsuccessful delivery. The next contraction began. If I could delay just two or three more minutes, then all of this would be over. I delivered the shoulders, knowing that the cord was now hopelessly compressed. I struggled mightily with my conscience. Was this really my decision to make? As if in answer to that unspoken question, the baby suddenly began to struggle. I felt a strong surge of life as she kicked forcefully in my hand with her good leg. This was too much for me. 
I could not go through with my plan. I quickly delivered a malformed but otherwise healthy baby girl. The Hoseas were overjoyed. They scarcely seemed to notice her deformity. After a time, as mother and baby seemed to be doing well, I left some instructions with Mr. Hosea, congratulating them and promising to return the next day. I headed back home. I remember I could not bring myself to say Merry Christmas to the Hoseas that night. It seemed too ironic a thing to say, knowing the broken gift I was leaving with them. I remember being frustrated with God on the way home that cold night. Why must things, why must these things happen? I shouted upward into the falling snow. Did not your only begotten say that if we ask you for bread, you will not give us a stone? And if this had to happen, couldn't you have at least made me strong enough to spare this family from this tragedy? I'd gone from the pinnacle of joy that morning to the depths of despair and uncertainty that night. I was utterly exhausted. I arrived at home in the wee hours of the Christmas morning to find my Greta and our new son sleeping together peacefully. Slowly, joy overshadowed my troubled emotions, and I drifted off to sleep. In the months that followed, all of my fears for the Hoseas came true. Mr. Hosea worked himself thin, trying to bring in extra income. Within a year's time, they sold the farm they loved and moved away, seeking treatment for their little girl. I had heard reports of them from time to time. They'd been to specialists in St. Louis, then Chicago. Eventually, I lost track of them completely. I blamed myself bitterly for not having had the strength to yield to my temptation. Gred and I had two more children, both boys. Our little family grew, along with our little town, all of which kept me busier than ever. Greta remained ever patient and forbearing, despite having three boys to raise. They were more than a handful. They were many times, there were many times I was glad to be a doctor while raising those boys. But never was I more grateful for my profession than on the one remarkable Christmas Eve. There was to be a special Christmas Eve service at the church that night. Our two younger boys were singing in the program. Our oldest, who had been away at college back east, was coming home. Furthermore, he was to bring his new fiancé home to meet us. I was thrilled with anticipation. But predictably, I, kept, I was kept busy making calls all day and into the evening. My last call was to be a homebound elderly woman, the widow McCullough. She did have a bad cold, but what she really needed was company. She made it clear to me several times that she wanted to be at the church, but I would not let her go out. I visited with her for quite a while, though, and by the time I got to church, I had missed half the program. The church was filled to overflowing. There were even a few horseless carriages parked outside with the horses and wagons. I knew one of these belonged to my son. Folks were accustomed to seeing the doc sneak in late to church. As was her habit, Greta had saved a seat for me near the front, so I stole my way to her side during the round of applause, during a round of applause, 
kissed her glowing face, and she smiled at me and took my hand. On the stage, three lovely young ladies in white gowns, a violinist, a cellist, and a harpist, were just seating themselves. I have always loved the harp, and I was thrilled to not have missed this part of the service. As they began to play, I was mesmerized. The harpist played flawlessly with remarkable grace and worshipful beauty. They were playing a new Christmas carol in, in the bleak midwinter. The words went to my heart. In the bleak midwinter, frosty wind made bone. Earth stood hard as iron, water like a stone. Snow had fallen, snow on snow, snow on snow, in the bleak midwinter long ago. My mind shot back, as it often did on Christmas Eve, to that troubled night long ago when I delivered a deformed child into the world. The dark and now familiar feelings of uncertainty clouded my spirit again. Then began, began the strains of another carol, and the harpist began to sing. She sang as beautifully as she played. Her countenance was as beautiful as her singing. Inexplicably, the cloud over my spirit began to lift as she sang. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and air pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. As when the shepherd boy David played the harp before King Saul, so now my darkness was being driven away. In its place were the perfect peace of God and a fresh sense of his sovereignty regarding all that happened on that troubled night those years ago. Silently, I thanked him for this minister of his grace. When the service was over, I only wanted a word with the harpist. I climbed onto the stage to meet her. She stood still, listening with one hand on her heart, as I tried to explain to her how God had touched my heart as she sang. Suddenly, my son appeared at my side, greeting me with an embrace. I see you've met my fiance, he smiled, his eyes sparkling. I looked at him, then at her. This is your fiance, I asked incredulous. Are you sure you deserve such a treasure, I asked. I'm sure I do, he said, gazing at her. Pa, may I have the pleasure of introducing you to, to your future daughter-in-law, Miss Naomi Hosea. At the words, my mouth fell open. As she stepped forward to offer her hand, I noticed for the first time a slight limp. All at once, the truth washed over me. Do you know who this is? I cried to my son. Their beaming faces told me they both knew that she was the poor baby I had delivered on Christmas Eve those years ago. But only God knew of my inner struggle that night and of the terrible deed I had almost committed. Dear God, thank you, I managed to say, 
and then I could no longer speak. Tears filled my eyes as I took this precious jewel into my arms and held her. It was all I could do to convince Naomi's mother to let her come here for the holidays, my, my son explained. She's their pride and joy. But the Hoseas wanted you to see the young lady that the baby you delivered has become. Well, you can see why that's such a wonderful story, I hope. I hope it's as meaningful to you as to me. Father, we pray today. We pray for people who have difficult decisions to make. And we pray for people, Lord, who have regrets about their past. We pray for people who in their life made decisions, tough decisions, that they wondered where they write. I pray, Father, we would be people who see that you work all things together for good. And I pray we'd be people who value every life and see, Lord, that, that you alone are God, not us. The choice of life and death is your choice. We bless you today. We give you this day, this Christmas holiday season, as we are as we enter into this season, Lord, we pray it would be a meaningful time. I know so many people have suffered loss this year. So many people have had a difficult time this year. We believe, Lord, that you, have, you are still a God on the throne that teaches us how we can be overcomers through Jesus Christ. We bless you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So glad to have you along with us today. We get into the Word of God every day. We read this story today. I think you can see the not exact scripture but boy breathing with scripture from god's word again that was by scott freeman he and his wife molly are both artists wonderful artists you can look them up google them scott freeman art i think is his is maybe his website you can find his book on amazon and he's got other books that he's illustrated and other art he's done so god bless you you have a great day walk with the lord be strong in the lord today enjoy him don't let regrets from the past bother you. You never know what God is doing. You never know how he takes what seems bad to us and turns it around for good. Don't live a life of regret today. Live a life of faith because our God works things out. God bless you. You have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow morning, 8.30 a.m. as we are here every day to get in the Word and pray. God bless you. Bye-bye.